This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One. Carol Lomano and Parker Cleary with you. Landon Castle is joining us from Burns Garage as well. We have got all the sights and sounds for you from a very big race on Sunday. Landon, you were part of it. It was history. What was it like to be included in a race like that? Yeah, well, it was, it was definitely a great, great race. It was a hot one. It was hard on me as a driver. It was hard on all the drivers. And I didn't have the best race, but I can tell you with about 20 laps to go is the last time I saw Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. And it's amazing to see Larson rim ride that thing, man. He was wheeling it. You could tell it was a, a great finish unfolding. When did you find out what happened, actually, at the finish? I had to watch the replay on my phone afterwards. I, I, <laughs> the, my spotter on the last lap said something about a spin off of turn four, and I didn't know what it was. I saw that Kyle Busch won. Uh, but it wasn't until I checked Twitter afterwards that I knew how good it was. Yeah, yeah it just, awesome. those just changed the energy, I feel like, you know. Tons. After the I mean, race, I, everyone's just freaking out. And for us drivers, you know, maybe if we didn't participate, like Landon, like you haven't sensed something went down because your spotter said something like that. You then get out of the car, the crowd's cheering, and you're like, what What happened? I want to know. <laughs> what happened? Like Landon did. He went to his phone afterwards as they're going to the airport. Like, I got to see this, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's what's on tap for today's show because we've got a big one for you today. We are going to revisit that thrilling win uh, from Kyle Busch over Kyle Larson and hear what was being said during the race's chaotic final lap. We've got a sneak peek of this week's Dale Jr. download on the way. I have a feeling that we may hear those two words. <laughs> Slide job! Slide job! Uh, Sirius XM Radio's Pete Pistoni calling in to tell us what the fans thought of this weekend's racing at Chicagoland and Xfinity Series driver Brandon Jones joining us to talk about the role that he will be playing in NASCAR's Salute to Service at Daytona. So a big show today. Let's start by taking a look at the Cup Series standings. Kyle Busch and Kevin Hart leading the Monster Energy Series with five wins apiece. But Bush's 30 playoff points give him the top spot on our playoff leaderboard. Kyle Larson nearly becoming the seventh different driver to win in 2018, but he was thwarted by Kyle Busch on that final lap. That was just one of so many layers to this race. So let's revisit what has arguably been the best event of 2018 with today's edition of Scandal Chicagoland. been an incredible weekend already as we get ready to start off this 10 race run to the playoffs coming to the green flag the overton's 400 underway crazy fast right there dude fastest car by over six and a half clint boyer leads over eric almarola two and the 42 are starting to make pretty good time around the top on top like the very top yes against the fence hang on to it hang on to it hell of a fade landon hell of a fade you need to look at the back of the car something broke going into turn one think uh, like a track bar or Sway bar or the track bar? Sway bar. Take it behind the wall. We gotta get her a little freer. 
subdued landing compared to some of the other stuff we heard <laughs> yeah that's uh that's tough man I, I I'm pretty critical of guys that that go off on the radio I mean I got to pick on Kurt Busch a little bit I know that, that the end of stage that stage uh feeling like well what does he feel like his teammate owed him that that's I don't like him going off like that and and I think that it really shows a weakness when you can't hold your emotions together I, I feel like it separates the greats from the greatest you know these guys that are such good great great race car drivers but then they lose their cool and I think it's inappropriate to go off like that on the radio I, I don't think it's appropriate for the spotter to go off on the radio or the crew chief um, or the jack man so what, why is the driver any different but it, it was pretty hot out there so they definitely lost their temper well you have a point except for as you mentioned it was 153 degrees inside his cockpit and as you know and I know it's hard when you, you're that hot I mean you don't think sensibly right and in Kurt's defense we know he has at times been a little bit animated on the radio there but I'm just curious you know I mean I want to defend him in a sense to say that it's it's one of those things where you you can't sometimes control that you, you heard in that scandal I think I've listened to those every week and I heard more drivers saying things that seemed ridiculous during that scandal than I ever do because I have to believe it's the heat a little bit 
Yeah, I, you're definitely right. But if, for me, at the end of the day, you got to control yourself because it just shows that he's coming unglued. It shows that, that now he's picking a small part of the race. And even though those are important points to him, uh, in the grand scheme of things, he needs a win, right? He needs to lock himself um, into getting more more playoff points. And, and that's the big picture if he wants to win a championship. And he's got to keep himself under control. When you scream on the radio like that and you're cussing, um, you're sending the message to your crew that you're starting to unravel. And I, I think for myself when I'm in the car that I can't allow my team to see any weakness from me. So every time I try to give feedback, I want it to be consistent. I want it to be accurate. And I get emotional in the car, too. There's certain things that trigger me. Loose wheels trigger me in the car. That's, that, <laughs> that's one thing that'll get me emotional. Uh, but I do feel like for the absolute greatest to be at the top level, you have to control yourself. Right, I'm just going to refute you real quick, though. Kyle Busch Let's go. won that race. And you probably didn't hear this yet because it wasn't in that scandal. He said plowing, plowing, plowing nine times on the radio one time without ever describing anything further about his race car. And he still won that race. So I'm just saying, He's you actually, know what? He, he was able to get it done, and he, I guess it's something in the Bush brother family. I mean, you know, they're able to just scream and still stay fast. It might be genetic, that's for sure. Uh, and Kyle, I will uh, give him a little bit. He's the master at doing that while he's in the lead driving away from second place. Screaming, this is the worst <laughs> car I've ever driven. I've heard that before. Yeah, I think he said it this race as well. That was the worst car he's ever driven at one point. So. We know, wow. Landon, we know. So if you're behind the wheel and you make a deliberately dangerous action, there's a consequence for that, right? If you're getting physical with somebody, there's a consequence for that. You're saying that any type of inappropriate action on the radio is shouldn't be have have a place in the sport either. Is that essentially what you're saying? That everybody needs to keep their cool or potentially what face a repercussion? Well, I think it's not maybe not in terms of legislation. I don't know if the NASCAR should have a policy or a rule and start you know dictating their speech uh, on the radio. But I think you your teams are going to handle it differently. The sponsors are going to handle it differently. Your fans are going to react to it, and your your teammates are going to react to it. So you kind of have to have some self awareness that it's like, hey, hey if I'm going to start cussing out my crew for a bad pit stop, or I'm going to start cussing at my uh, crew chief for a bad adjustment, or how how the car is driving. What are my repercussions for that? Am I going to actually get in trouble or am I just deterring the positive attitude and the positive energy within my team to reach the end goal, which is to have a great finish? And, and I think there's guys that on lap 50, you see them key in the mic and just going off on the radio. And I think to myself, you're not helping. You're not helping your team. You're not giving them good information. So, I mean, you got guys like Kyle Busch, he can do that, and and he's still able to get back on the wheel, and he's one of the most talented drivers. But I still, in the back of my mind, think, when has that actually held them back from being a multiple-time champion? Where else have they unraveled and it actually cost them? All right, I may have been refuting you a little bit there, but I actually agree with basically everything you said, and I want to tell a little story, which is that beginning of my career, I was that way where I felt like if I screamed and let it all out on the radio, that it helped me. And finally, about, I don't know, halfway through my career, someone turned to me and said, you know, every time you key that button, we slow down about two to three tenths. And then I switched to Landon style, which is to try to only say positive things, you know, stuff that's constructive, things that's helping the race team. And if I want to vent something, I just don't click the button. Yeah, that's I just stay interesting. to myself. All right, we are going to hear more from Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson because we have the second half of Scan all coming up in just a little bit. But first, we have our weekly segment, Running with the Pack, which we love here with Landon and Parker. We're going to look at Bubba Wallace's day and also his progression as a Cup Series rookie and also give you another name you might not be thinking about when we come back. Stay with us. 
NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Welcome back, everybody. Saturday, 7 Eastern, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series returning to the World Center of Racing. Daytona International Speedway, 400 miles of high-speed action. That is Saturday at 7 Eastern, live over on NBC. We hope you're with us for that. Before we get to Saturday, we do have a full day on Friday. This includes something new that we're really excited about. Fan Friday from the Fan Zone in Daytona. It's hosted by Rutledge Wood and also Dale Jr., Special guests, Denny Hamlin, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon, everybody coming by. Who knows who else will show up? That's live right after cup qualifying at 6 p.m. Eastern this Friday. There's your host <laughs> in the pool again. I know. <laughs> I just love that That's video of Rutledge video. just taking his whole battery pack right in somebody's uh, inflatable pool. Well, he was, he was holding it up. He was yeah. thinking about it. Yes. No, he's a very thoughtful yeah. guy. Um, each week we highlight a few of the storylines in the field that might get overlooked. It's such a busy weekend. It starts so early. Um, and we call it running with the pack so we can we can pick a couple guys and give them a little bit of credit. Who do you have this week? Well, yeah. I mean, the reason we created this a lot of times was to point out some of the other winners within our series. Because, you know, unlike other sports, we don't always see two teams just vying head-to-head. -head. Our whole sport races at the same time. So a lot of times you got to sift through the pack to find some of those other winners. And one that I've looked at this week is maybe not... Not a winner per se. They finished 23rd. That's the 43 of Bubba Wallace Jr. Or Bubba Wallace, sorry, it's Daryl Wallace Jr. He uh, finished 23rd, which is not an incredible run, and it's kind of what I expect out of this team when they're not perfectly on it. But the reason it was important is because the weekend before at Sonoma, they were terrible. And I know that because I actually out-qualified Bubba Wallace at Sonoma, <laughs> and he ran behind me the whole time, and I just knew he was struggling, and he said it on Twitter afterwards that it was a really big struggle for them. So the code would track that he's a little bit more comfortable at, and to get a solid top 25 finish this is what you want to see out of this race team I know they finished second at the Daytona 500 and you know had a lot of fanfare about that but the expectations for this race team have to be that when they're on their best days they're fighting for a top 15 and a top 20 and when they're maybe a little bit off it's about getting that solid top 25 and that's what he did this weekend so shout out to that team it was a great uh, improvement from the weekend before but Landon I think you have uh, another pick for us yeah, I've got one. Uh, my driver for running with the pack is Casey Kane. And similar to you, not because of where he finished on Sunday, but I'm picking him because of his crew chief. He's got a new interim crew chief with John Leonard. And John is a close friend of mine. He's from my hometown in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And let me just tell you a story about John. He's, he's my age. He was working as a CNC programmer in Iowa. He got a call to get a job interview at RCR back in 2012. And his boss told him, if you, if you leave to go do this interview, you might as well just quit your job. Well, he left anyways, he did the interview, and he got a job from RCR on the spot. He worked his way up as an engineer, and here he is, working on the 95 team with Casey Kane. Uh, he's the interim crew chief, and I, I, I'm really excited to see where this team kind of unfolds over the next uh, few weeks. He's, he's young with a lot of energy, he's got a great driver, and, and I'm just going to pay really close attention to him because I think he's got a lot of talent. Man, I love that story. Yeah, I love great. guys That's that are awesome. willing to just roll the dice and he, just say, you know what, I'm going for it and just seeing what <laughs> yeah. happens. It's Some people just follow their dream, they follow their passion, and they actually make it That's achieve right. it. Yeah, so. that's fantastic. If you didn't know it already, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is very passionate about racing. If you were with I'm just us, finding out, if I guess. you were with us over the weekend, you heard it firsthand and a brand new episode of the Dale Jr. Download debuting this Thursday, 5.30 Eastern, right here on NBCSN. One of the topics, Junior's new catchphrase that has swept NASCAR Nation. Here's a sneak peek of that. Rick's going to take the field with two to go, or, or at least one to go. 
the producer wants us to back out and let Rick take it and start, you know, building up uh, the finish. Rick is comfortable, and I've heard it before. I've heard Jeff and Steve both, maybe more so Jeff. Rick is comfortable with Jeff coming in and adding to the excitement. Like you said, accessorizing is a good word. We've made an effort to be around each other outside of all this to get to know each other, and I know Rick's comfortable with, as long as you know, you're know you going to come in there and make things better, he's happy for you to come in there and join him on that last lap call. He's not uh, territorial when it comes to that and that's so nice you know because my I, I, it happened at the, I think the end of the stage with Harvick when he passed the 41 I could hardly keep my mouth shut Kurt Busch is going to be able to hold off Kevin Harvick no. through the middle of the track <laughs> he ain't the Ford takes him all the way up to the wall wow that was awesome man I love stage racing <laughs> that was awesome that was so fun I can't help I got, I'm trying to stay quiet here <laughs> Like Rick's calling that to the finish line, and I'm like, I, I, I can literally, <laughs> I literally cannot contain myself. I'm, this is so freaking cool. Yeah, what a race! And so it's hard, and I know I'm going to have a hard time with that in a lot of situations if we're having, if we're ha- especially if we're having stages in that way or races <laughs> in that way. Oh, it's yeah. going to be hard not to join Rick. And there's a button I can hit that just only the people that are in the booth can hear. So only I can hit a button and talk to. Latart, Burton, and and Rick without anyone else hearing it or the broadcast hearing it. And so I can hit that button and go, hey, Jeff. Blah, blah, blah. We've been talking all day about Larson and his dirt experience and how I think that that helps him a lot when he especially runs that high groove. And I'd heard someone in an interview, maybe it was Larson, talking about how slide jobs were realistic uh tactic at this track because of how slick and worn out it is here was the perfect opportunity i did not think that larson was going to go to the bottom in turn one he had been gaining on the 18 running the high side and even though he was going to be right up behind him and in dirty air i still felt like he could at least come off the corner with the same distance or the same gap uh and then in three and four really have an awesome run and pass him either on the outside in turn four or running to the start-finish line. So I thought that Larson would go in behind him and try to at least keep pacing one and two. But he dove to the bottom. And initially I was thinking, oh, no, because the, he hadn't, you know, the bottom just wasn't as good in one and two. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. I was, like, screaming slide job because I was wanting Larson to do it. And I was wanting, I was wanting Rick to say it. <laughs> so he was talking to Rick. He wasn't talking about it. He was telling Rick, "Slide job!" Like, hey, this is it. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't have that button mash where I was just talking to the booth, <laughs> where I was just talking to him, and not the broad, and so the broadcast could hear it. But I was like, "Slide job, slide job!" Like, say it, Rick. See, say it. slide job. It's happening. Here he goes. He's doing the slide job. And, I mean, you don't see slide jobs in on asphalt often. And he didn't know that he had him cleared or didn't think he had him cleared, and so he gave him a little space. And I thought, oh, damn. I had dropped my head in, dis- in disappointment that, that in predicting that the race was over. <laughs> and Jeff Burton comes over the radio and says, contact. <laughs> and I look back up. The contact. 18, they made contact. And I'm like, oh, it ain't over yet. 
Do you like how Kyle like was going at him so much that he like I don't know if he you bounced off the curb. Yeah, he hit the apron there. Yeah. Even he was going for him. He puts the ball oh in the back goodness. of him. The forty-two yeah, sideways. I would have done the same thing, and I think ninety-eight percent of the field would have done the same thing because it's a it's it's for a win. Yep. And it's for a it's for a win, and wins are hard to come by. We are certainly looking forward to the full download. That's Thursday at 5.30 Eastern right here. Meantime, coming up, Xfinity Series driver Brandon Jones calls into the show. Jones found a new home with Joe Gibbs Racing in 2018, and the move appears to be paying off as he is poised to make the playoffs for the second time in his Xfinity career. Stick around. We'll be right back. On Saturday, the Xfinity Series was in action at Chicago Land. The heat index in triple digits. Pole sitter Kyle Larson in the 42 starting this race in the back due to a tire change after qualifying. But Tyler Reddick, who won the first stage, ran into some issues off the road. Yeah, he was super fast. He won the stage. Looked like one of the cars that could compete with Kyle Larson, but then he would speed on pit road and lose all his traction. Kyle Larson took the lead for the first time on lap 72. He would go on to win stage two. Later on, Jeb Burton in the three here and Ryan Reed in the 16 getting together, and this accident also collects Tyler Reddick. Yeah, that's the problem of making mistakes. It puts you where you shouldn't be, and he ends up getting collected with Jeb Burton and Ryan Reed, and Jeb was just thought he didn't know he was three wide. He came down on the 16. He admitted it was his fault, but unfortunately, for Tyler Reddick, he was knocked out with a very fast car. Yeah, his day ended in 33rd place. Meanwhile, the day belonging to Kyle Larson, he led the final 20 laps during his second Xfinity win of the season. And he used that high line, surprisingly enough, to make a lot of that what? speed to drive from the back of the field. Maybe a little precursor for the next day. <laughs> Absolutely. So the Xfinity Series playoff picture nearly mirrors the situation over in the Cup Series. Very few winners. Points playing a huge factor. Nine of the 12 playoff spots are still up for grabs with 11 races to go in the regular season. And one of those drivers poised to advance is Brandon Jones, who's currently 181 points above the cut line. And the driver of the Joe Gibbs Racing number 19 Toyota, Brandon, joins uh, us now on the phone. Brandon, thanks for being with us. You had a real solid run going at Chicagoland, despite the in-car temps being around 150 degrees. It was so hot. You finished just outside the top 10. How would you sum up uh, your performance over the weekend? Hi, yeah, well, first, thanks for having us on here. And uh, I was actually one of the ones, I think, that looked a little bit better once we all climbed out of the cars. I know a couple guys there got out and just kind of sat down and put their heads down on the car because it was just so brutally hot in the cars uh, this past weekend. But we kind of came out okay there. We just barely missed the top ten. Um, but we had a pretty good streak there going before that of top tens and some top fives there. So um, this season has been phenomenal so far. It really has. Uh, I've been more than pleased with uh, the success we've, we've been having. Um, we've had a shot at Bristol to win a race. We've got some polls there. So um, everything's been going great here. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what the future holds for us and, and hopefully uh, making that Final Four at the end of the year. Hey, Brandon, it's Parker. I can attest to you looking good because I actually interviewed you afterwards and you seem perfectly fine compared to some of the other drivers. So kudos <laughs> to you and your physical fitness. But, uh, hey, man, you know, what I'm wondering about is we saw last year was a really tough year for you. You were at Richard Childress Racing. And you go over to Joe Gibbs Racing and it just seems like a, a switch went off. And then suddenly you're, you're running up front, you're in the top ten, challenging for top fives. What's been the difference for you being at Joe Gibbs Racing? It it is uh, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's not just from from going to a, an extremely great race car. It's it's all the prep work that goes into it. Uh, you know, the the weekend before that. So I mean, Monday morning it starts for me. Uh, we have competition meetings that day, and Tuesdays we have our simulator days. Uh, Wednesdays I'm trying to study races uh, that that week. You know, of, of whatever track we're going to. So I try to watch all the races that I can there and. 
uh, Chris Gayparts came up with some with some questions and stuff for me to sit down and uh, kind of go through and answer. So um, there's there's a lot of things that we've we've changed. Uh, I guess my my lifestyle just to uh, to try try and get a little bit better at this. And um, so far so good, I guess. So everything's been paying off. Um, we actually sat down the other day and looked at kind of a graph. You know, we said. Uh, just to make a number up, if I came to, to JGR at 20%, we shot up to 80%, but now to get to 80% to 100% is a lot of work and a lot less reward. So uh, that's one thing that now we're in this big, long stretch of races is, is we got to kind of you know stay on our toes and stay committed to, to trying to uh, compete at the highest level and uh, make sure we don't fall out. Yeah, Brandon, I like how you're looking at that um, with the stats and, and going over it with your crew chief at JGR. They got a lot of information to help you out. That's You're definitely on the right track, man. Keep it up. What I'm interested in is how you're keeping yourself busy, and not just in the Xfinity car, but also running some truck races. You've got a, a handful of races that you're running outside of your Xfinity championship, and I want to know a little bit about the dynamic between the different crew chiefs that you have to work with and how you give feedback to those teams. Yeah, that that is uh, one of the things that I've always wanted to do is run for Kyle Busch Motorsports and their truck team. Uh, and this year I got an opportunity to run a couple of races with those guys. Um, ironically, Mike Hillman's the crew chief there. That was the crew chief that I had my first year at RCR for full time. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of chemistry there, a lot of friendships, um, very comfortable talking to each other. Um, but my number scale, the way I describe the car, has all changed this year. You know, everything that I, I'm doing is is, is changed to to kind of accommodate for for Chris Gayhart. So, um, you know, it's kind of hard to relate to uh, to Mike Kilman. But uh, there's there's a couple of things there that I sit down with Mike and and actually go over with him and try to help him out some too and uh, try to get on the same scale as much as possible. But um, you know, at, at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, five numbers tight here, his, his number five could be a way different than what I'm talking about. So it is hard whenever you're trying to describe things back and forth like that. But luckily, we've got, got a little bit of chemistry there. So we kind of know uh, the lingo that we're talking. Hey, Brandon, just back to this upcoming weekend, you're going to be driving the Comcast NBC Universal Salute to Service Toyota this Friday at Daytona. What can you tell us about your involvement with the program? Gosh, I was at the shop uh, actually Monday for our meetings, and that car was sitting there, and it was already wrapped, uh, and it's just a beautiful-looking car. Uh, I've, I've been a longtime supporter of the military. I know all my followers uh, know that, um, and it's, uh, it's a pretty special moment for me to, to be able to, to represent uh, Comcast and uh, salute the troops and salute the, uh, the guys that come to the track every week and, and uh, fight for us there. Uh, we also have the United States uh, Air Force on, on the car with us, and uh, the, uh, the the plane that went down also in the exercise with the uh, Thunderbirds. Uh, figured since we uh, we took a ride with them this year to start the year at Daytona, uh, we pay a tribute to them there and uh, pay some respect back. So looking forward to showcasing that car some and, and putting that thing on the racetrack. Yeah, it's great that you're so connected to it. I know a lot of drivers feel the same way. And you mentioned your followers. For the fans watching here who may not be quite as familiar with you, you are from Atlanta. That is a place with a very rich racing history. And you really cut your teeth at some short tracks, Lanier, Gresham, tracks like that. How did that help shape the driver that you are now? Uh, I think I think all drivers can testify. Short track racing and your very first car that you drove is kind of how you got shaped and how you got going. Uh, I think that's kind of what makes you know who I am uh, is the people that I was surrounded by at the time and uh, the things that I did learn growing up. Some uh, ironically, uh, at the time whenever I was running at Lanier and Gresham, uh, Chris Gayport, the crew chief in my car right now, was also uh, on a late model program as well at those two same tracks. So we kind of ironically knew each other that way. Um, when we were growing up. So that was really cool to, to be able to find out. 
Well, listen, Brandon, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, we can't wait to see the car. Good luck this weekend. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, guys. And as Brandon just noted so beautifully, this is a very special time of year. And NASCAR also has an initiative called NASCAR Salutes. It celebrates our nation's troops. And with July 4th kind of falling right in the middle of Chicagoland and Daytona, we've had a lot of extra time to celebrate everything that is so special about the 4th of July, our servicemen and women, what they do for our country, um, and the place that they have that's really unique in this sport. Hi, I'm Soren Jeffrey, Sapper Troop, 3rd Cavalry Regiment in Iraq. Thank you, David Starr, for representing us. Go So with that, we are looking forward to a very patriotic that was awesome. at Daytona. Um, our coverage starts Thursday afternoon, Friday night, Xfinity Series, of course, going racing on NBCSN right here. Saturday night, 7 Eastern, Monster Energy Series and the Coke Zero Sugar 400 on NBC. Meantime, coming up, NASCAR invaded the hometown of our next guest, and man, did it put on a show. Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio joining us with his take of the weekend. Pete with us next. If you're not a morning person, perhaps this will help. You can catch NASCAR and NBC personalities every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on The Morning Drive with Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni, only on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, it's Channel 90, and our crew chief, Steve Letarte, will join the gentlemen tomorrow. So we have that to look forward to. In the meantime, joining us now is Pete Pistoni from Chicago. And Pete, what are fans talking about after such an incredible race this past Sunday? Well, that's exactly what they're talking about, Carolyn. Uh, the buzz has been really good for obviously the finish, which will be a classic that we'll be watching for years to come between Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. But I think what I've heard for the last couple of days on the channel and on the morning drive is the fans enjoyed the entire racing weekend at Chicagoland Speedway. All three races, uh, I think, seems like they really uh, struck a chord with fans. And up until that exciting last lap battle between Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch on Sunday afternoon, I think that might have been maybe the best cup race we've had at Chicagoland Speedway and so uh, I think it's been, been a big hit where a lot of fans are going back to Chicago in the summertime. And you mentioned it being the best race we've seen in Chicagoland maybe ever. I kind of feel like it's one of the best races we've seen in the last decade just because we have not put on such great races at mile and a half and that was just an incredible race at a type of racetrack that we've really struggled to put on that kind of race. Do the fans feel the same way? Absolutely. And you know we've had this conversation Parker about the all-star rules package of mile and a half races and how can we make it more exciting. We didn't even look at that stuff, did we? We had all the ingredients in place on Sunday. We had a really worn-out racetrack. We had hot, slick conditions. We had cars and drivers that were able to use multiple lanes and go up, up to the top if they wanted to, go down to the bottom when they wanted to. And I also think that where that race is now in the summertime, maybe not having that playoff implication, that that made drivers and teams be a little bit more free and not feel like they had to be a little bit more conservative in the playoff round that has been Chicagoland Speedway the last few years. So I think we found a home in Chicago here going back to the summer, and I can't wait for next year to roll around after what we had this weekend. Sure thing. I just have to clarify, though. I said it was probably one of the greatest races ever. Some people didn't agree with me. Did you get any people that felt like they didn't agree in that sense? Any any no, I no, I think so. Yeah, I think so. You know, and here's the thing. I mean, ever has a long time, and I get it. But I think this year, if we're going to be, be honest, outside of the last lap of the Daytona 500 with Eric Almarola and Austin Dillon, we haven't had those moments, those water cooler moments that I like to talk about. Well, when we open up the phone lines on Monday morning, 
people are buzzing. So we needed that. I think we got it. But I think there are some people who feel like that's what NASCAR stock car racing should be all about. Two guys that, you know, made a little contact, and when they got done, they shook each other's hands in victory lane, and they said, we'll see you next week. I think that's why people really like that race on Sunday, Parker. You know, Pete, one of the things that helps those water cooler moments is having a villain. And Kyle <laughs> Busch has established himself as just that for a majority of the fan base. We, it was about 50-50, Parker and I kind of deduced watching it on Sunday. People, we heard plenty of boos, and we saw him, you know, give that whining sign right after he won. Um, what are the fans saying on the radio about that this week? Are they disappointed with the way that this ended? Are they mad at Kyle Busch from what you can tell? I think they would have been madder at Kyle Busch if what I said earlier hadn't happened, and that is Kyle Larson saying afterward, listen, that's racing. I got out, I got into him. He got into me. And then when we were in victory lane there, you saw Kyle Larson come over and, and they shook hands. I think if there would have been maybe a little more upsetness on the side of Kyle Larson and his camp that, boy, that was kind of dirty pool, maybe more fans would be a little bit upset by it. But let's, let's be honest, and, you know, you guys know this, we know this on the radio side. You don't either – you either love Kyle Busch or you despise Kyle Busch. There's really no middle ground on Kyle Busch, and I think most people this week either was in one of those two camps. So I didn't see it as that much different than we've seen before when Kyle Busch gets involved in a controversial situation. It is funny, Pete, because if you love him or you love to hate him, the fact remains that he is one of three – two, three dominant drivers that we've seen, if you want to put Martin Truex Jr. in there as well. Um, do fans care at this point that we have only seen six winners in 17 cup races? Are they sick of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Truex, and Clinton Larson? Or, I mean, how, how do you see that? I think fans, Carolyn, do want to see some different faces in victory lane. But I'll say this. If you're going to continue to talk about those three guys at the top, to us, Junior and Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, and then you know that's the big three with special guests Clint Boyer and and uh, Kyle Larson. When they're battling against each other on the racetrack, that's a big difference. That one week Truex Jr. wins by ten seconds, and the next week Kyle Busch wins by eight seconds, and the next week Kevin Harvick wins by nine seconds. If they're battling each other, I think the fans like it. But I do think fans would like to see some new faces. They'd like to see an upset winner here or there. They didn't get it at Sonoma, which is a place where I think a lot of folks look like at the road course, maybe somebody new will get into victory lane. Daytona has all the ingredients, as it always does, maybe Saturday night, to have that happen. And I think down these final nine races till we get to the end of the regular season, I do think fans would like to see some new people win here before we get to the playoffs. All right, Pete, we appreciate your time. As always, look forward to having Steve Letarte on the show on Wednesday. And enjoy your 4th of July. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Meantime, still to come on the show, it is the jaw-dropping conclusion to today's Scandal Chicagoland. Plus, Parker Clickerman is going to teach us the art of the slide job when NASCAR America returns. Stay with us for that. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wins at Daytona. Woo, America, 1776, we are the champs. Parker, I know you love that so much. I do. There's no true words that have ever been spoken. 1776. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr., of course, uh, won the July Daytona race last year. He's going to join Rutledge Wood and Dale Jr. this Friday on our all-new Fan Friday from the Fan Zone at Daytona. 
Denny Hamlin and Bubba Wallace, Austin Dillon. Everybody's going to be there, and that is live right after cup qualifying at 6 p.m. Eastern this Friday. We'll see if we can get Ricky Stenhouse Jr. to uh, talk about last year. Earlier in the show, we heard the drama on the radios from the early part of Sunday's race now. So let's focus in on the final few laps. Here at Chicago Land Speedway, Kyle Busch leads, but Larson is the fastest car on the track. He's out of 30s here, you're running. Those lap cars could be a factor, guys. Two to go at the line. Get all these lappers off the top of there. 15s and idiots. Number 17 are going to wreck. Oh, yeah, this could cost them a ton of... Oh, look at Contact oh. there. This could cost them a ton of time. Inside, inside, inside. Here comes the leader inside right here. 42 with a run on Tom Chase. This is the leader right here. 17, hindering the 42's progress. 17, us right there. He's still boxing behind Stenhouse. He's going to get there. This is not over yet. One lap to go. One to go. Go get it. Larson by three. Two. Inside. Very bottom. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. On your tight. On your tight. Back inside. They make contact. Holy f***. They put him in the wall. We're still going, right? Team digging 42 and 18. Trying to wreck each other up there. It's going to be a big wreck off the floor. Here comes the 18. He puts the ball oh in the back goodness. of him. He's wrecking him. He's wrecking him. You see it. Man, they're both in the wall. Stay in the gas here. Stay in the gas. Got to get around him. Get around him. Get around him. Keep coming. Larson have the last lap on Kyle Busch. The two have finished 1-2 in eight different races across NASCAR's three national touring series, and each time it was Kyle Busch coming out on top. Time now to make a social pit stop. Last week, Paris Hilton sent out a tweet to her 18 million followers asking this simple question, tell me something I don't know. And Landon responded, tail yell slide job twice at Kyle Larson on the final lap of Sunday's race in his broadcast debut. Pure emotion, one of the greatest races we've seen, and it was so amazing. Landon, first question, I, why are you following Paris Hilton? Um, I just like to keep up with social media and pop culture. Uh, move on to the next one. I'm just uh, informing the people there. Yes. That's, oh, you're embarrassed? Okay. How about this? <laughs> um, we want to show you this. This is a photo that was posted by Teen Vogue. That's Kendall Jenner from the Kardashian family, in case you've been living under a rock. And she's wearing a retro Jeff Burton Sitco jacket. Uh, Parker, the mayor's fashion cred now at an all-time high. I know you love it the is, cards. for sure. And now we know NASCAR America is the E network. It's also what I've learned at this point. Yeah, we're all in family. <laughs> we're all in family under NBC Universal, of course. I just love this, Landon, because it seems like fashion is kind of making a comeback um, and it involves NASCAR. It's kind of cool. One thing trending like crazy on social was the call from Dale Jr. at the end of the race. So let's take a listen one more time. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. 
<laughs> All right, so Parker, let's get into this a little bit. What makes a slide job? Well, if Paris Hilton's wondering what Landon meant in his tweet by slide <laughs> job, then we're going to get into that right here, Landon, by going through a couple different versions. And first, starting with that slide job from this weekend, if it's not already ingrained in your brain, then we're going to go through it right here. So as you look, this is as we're going into turns one and two. You have the 42 on the bottom, the 18 up top, and Larson's just going to come up into him a little bit. That's not a slide job. That's an attempted slide job right there. And we see again right now, right here, when he's getting into him, that's because the slide job has gone wrong. He has not been able to actually clear Kyle Busch, Landon. Yeah, so the whole point of a slide job is to is to get in front of him. You want to clear the guy, clear his bumper, and then it, you kind of have to slow down your momentum and back up to them. We've seen Kyle Larson do some perfect slide jobs. In fact, he did a he did a great one in Kansas earlier this year, and and you'll see how he okay. So you, you'll see how he sets up right here on Joey Logano. He's got a great run coming down the front stretch. He's going to move to the inside, and he just hauls it off into turn one. And he's watching his mirrors right here. He knows he's clear by four or five car lengths. And now he's got to save the car from getting it into the wall. And, and from this point, he's, he's going to get himself in the way of Joey Logano so Joey can't cross him over. So exactly. we're coming down the backstretch. And you're even going to see a bump here. Joey's stuck. He's got nowhere to go. That's a complete slide job. And exactly. And I just want to replay that real quick because that part right there where you, you talked about where he gets into the corner, that's what's so key is driving it off in the corner of way more speed than you'd ever take to go in the bottom and letting that car slide up in front of the car behind you and breaking their momentum. That is the purpose yeah. of a slide job. But where does all, all this come from, Landon? Dirt racing. So let's go and look at some dirt racing. Now, it's normally wing sprint cars that Kyle Larson grew up learning this sort of tactic. But let's look at some trucks at Eldora and Kyle Larson. Here he is going off in turn one. He's going to slide in front of that 30 truck, break the momentum, get a little bit of the wall. That's okay in dirt racing. And it's all good. And then right here, Landon, this is sometimes when you overdrive it. Yeah, and that's a, it's okay because, like we said, the, the number one fundamental of a slide job is to clear the guy. It's actually a little better to overshoot the slide job. You don't want to damage your car like he did here um, and hit the wall too much, but it's better to overshoot the slide job than it is to undershoot it like you saw Kyle do at Chicago. I mean, in, in these last three videos, you saw Kansas and these two at Eldora. I mean, at Kansas, Kyle probably drove into the corner 100 feet deeper than he had been in that race. And at Eldora, you overdrive the entry, but you got to clear him like he did. Exactly, and that's what's so cool. You, you also mentioned that sometimes it's better to just overshoot it. Go too far. That's what he did at Eldora. That's what he tried to do at, Kansas, or at Chicago, Carolyn, but it just didn't quite work out. So the slide job that we've been talking about was actually an attempted slide job. Yeah. Was that Arnie or Jack who said you don't want to leave a putt too short? I can't remember. Yeah, but that's just go for it. Mind. Yeah, just go for Send it. it. Yeah. All right, coming up, um, as we prepare to celebrate America's independence tomorrow, we're going to relive some of NASCAR's most memorable moments that have taken place on the 4th of July. That's straight ahead on NASCAR America. Stay with us. Coming back right after this. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Just a reminder for you, the Verizon IndyCar Series is here on NBCSN. And what could be better this weekend than all-American short track action in the cornfields of Iowa with the Iowa Corn 300? That is Sunday at 2.30 Eastern here on NBCSN. America celebrates our nation's independence tomorrow, of course. Families, friends, everybody getting together, cookouts. Maybe some fireworks at night. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's just, it's the Celebrate greatest. America. It's the greatest holiday of all time, let's face it. And throughout the years, Daytona and the 4th of July have essentially gone hand in hand, and they have really produced some of the best moments in the sport. All right, 
gentlemen, start your engines. How special was that moment back in 1984 when President Reagan gave the command from Air Force One and then arrived at Daytona just in time to witness Richard Petty claim his 200th career win. That, Absolutely awesome. Yeah, that's, I'll never forget that image of Air Force One landing. Incredible, right? So many people can just recall that on a dime. Um, and then President Reagan's successor, George H.W. Bush, was the race's grand marshal in 1992. He saw the king make his final Daytona start. The race, of course, capped by Ernie Irvin's only win in the Daytona July race. Great moment there. I bet there. that race was kind of warm. Yeah. Daytime, July, Florida. Yeah. Looks, uh, those guys little, always looked wiped out after those yeah, races. Yeah, looks a little human. <laughs> Here's a good one. Um, 2009 here, woof, Tony Stewart starting the fireworks show early, moving Kyle Busch out of the lead on the final lap for a thrilling victory. Kyle looks pumped about Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember him being very happy about that one. <laughs> you know what, those are some of the greatest moments, though, that we could recall from this holiday, and there are, there are just certain holidays that are associated with sports. Like, if you think about Thanksgiving, I know I think about football, so do you, yep. Landon does as well. Um, what's the 4th of July meant to NASCAR, do you think? Well, I, I always think of Daytona, obviously, in the July Daytona race, and just that it's a very patriotic race. It's a fun race weekend. A lot of the teams and drivers go down a little bit ahead of time, spend some time on the beach down at Daytona. You know, they bring their friends and family, have a bit of vacation landing. So that's what it's always meant to me is we celebrate, although we're having to go race, we celebrate like all Americans out there just gathering together and having a good time. Yeah, I mean, as an industry, it's not exactly the halfway point, but it feels like the halfway point of the season where you start going to new race tracks, or you start going, re-going to the tracks that we went to earlier in the year. So it's like a refresher for the season. I, I always kind of enjoy it, and it's my birthday week, so I, oh. I've got my birthday on the seventh. But it's, it's just such a special lead. Race. way to bury the lead in the show's closing <laughs> moments. Hey, we'll send you something, okay? We'll send it down there Deal. to you. Um, meantime, everybody have a great holiday. That's all for NASCAR America. You can always log on to NBCSports.com/NASCAR. Back on Thursday from Daytona. Big weekend ahead. <laughs> we'll see you then. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.